Football Hustler back at you, and we're continuing the Bucket of Truth series. Listen here, you beautiful bitch. I'm about to fuck you up with some truth. Going to be breaking down the top 12 defensive backs. If you haven't watched the linebacker video and the defensive line video, go check that out. It's on YouTube and Twitch and Facebook and literally everywhere. If this is your first time watching me, make sure you subscribe. Make sure you hit the like button. Let's get that now. If you're not following me everywhere on social media, YouTube, Twitch, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Plenty more, every podcast out there. The link is in the description so you can go get to everywhere I am. Don't forget about the timestamps. I make it real easy for you guys to jump between sections. So let's get it. I said, are you ready? First player we're going to be talking about, my man, Buddha Baker. Killed it last year, was the top scoring DB this year. 270 points, 18 points per game, destroying it. 90 solo tackles, that's where he was making all of his money. Great cash, homie. 180 points, 67% of his points came from that. If you're listening to this in podcast form, I'm not going to be breaking down every single stat, so go check it out on YouTube or on Twitch, Facebook, whatever. I'm going to be breaking down some big ones, though. 28 assisted tackles, 28 points, 10%. I like to throw in week 17 just so you can see because that made no difference for the fantasy season. So I kind of like just to throw that in there to see if week 17 swayed their points. For him, it was kind of an av- it was below average game, 15 points, 6%, four solo, one assisted, two passes defended. Great week 17, but it was below his points per game average. So that game actually hurt his points per game, made it drop a little bit for the season. On the field all the time, 91% of snaps except for week four when he didn't play. Double digit scoring in nine of 14 games. Super, super consistent. And then let's talk about the high impact games. Six out of 14 games with 20 plus points is making a difference on your squad. His two big games were back to back. Week six versus Dallas. And then week seven versus Seattle. 36 points in each of them. The game versus Seattle. That's where he was hawked by DK Metcalf and took that touchdown away from him because he would have been averaging. He would have had more points had that touchdown actually happened. DK stopped it. DK is a beast. So nothing but mad love for Buda Baker. He's going to be drafted either number one or number two DB pretty much in all leagues unless people don't know what they're doing. He is going to be one of the top two DBs drafted easily, if not the top DB drafted. Number two scoring DB in the 2020 season, according to IDP123, is Jordan Poyer. Let's get it. Really, really consistent. 260 points, 16.25 points per game. Just killing it. Just like Buda Baker, he was making money off those solo tackles. 91 solo tackles, 182 points, 67% of his total points. Great cash. You already know. Assisted tackles, that's where he got another big chunk of his points. 33 assisted tackles for 33 points, 12%. Now, week 17. He did nothing in week 17. I don't even know if he played the full game then, but he only had three points, one solo, one assisted, counted for 1% of his point. Week 17, that dropped his totals. 
So that just means that weeks one through 16, he was balling. 90, 94% of snaps played, double digit scoring in 13 of 15 games. Woo, talk about consistency. And then big impact games, he still had them six of 15. He hit 20 plus points. His big games on the season, week nine versus Seattle. Hmm, I wonder if that's a little bit of a trend. 27 points. And then in two weeks, he tied with 23 points. Week three versus the Rams. And then week eight versus New England. Big, big time impact games. Number three scoring DB on the year, Jesse Bates. Now, if you don't play IDP, you're probably not going to know who this man is. But if you are in the IDP community, you already know how much of a beast he is. Last season, I had him as a top 10 DB and he very much exceeded my expectations. Number three scoring DB, 258.16 points per game. Solo tackles, 78 solo tackles for Jesse Bates, 156 total points, 60% of his total points came from the solo tackles. Great catch, homie. His other two big categories, passes defended, he had 15 of those, 45 total points, 17%, and then assisted tackles, that was his other big category, 31 assisted tackles, 31 points, 12%. Also, he had three interceptions on the year. You can pretty much clock him down for two to three interceptions every single year. This is his third year in the league. He's had a minimum of two interceptions in every one of his leagues. So let's get it. Talk about consistency. Week 17, it was a down week compared to his average. 13 points, five solo, three assisted. Only 5% of his total points came from that. So it was an average game for him, but it didn't increase his stats anything. I mean, week 17 actually lowered his averages. Never came off the field. 99% of snaps, always on the field. Double-digit scoring in 13 of 15 games. He is the man. Had some high-impact games, too. Four out of 15 games. He had 20-plus points, just killing it. And let's talk about his two big weeks. Week 8 versus Tennessee, 32 points. Wow. Week 13 versus Miami, 26 points. Just <laughs> carrying your team in those two weeks. That is faux show. For those of you who play in default scoring with your IDP, a guy like Malcolm Butler probably is not there. But in IDP 1, 2, 3, the solo tackles being worth 2 points and the passes defended being worth 3 points, that makes it to where a guy like Malcolm Butler can crack the top 10 of DBs, because it's mostly safeties that are in this, not cornerbacks. Number four scoring DB, 254 points, nearly 16 points per game. A lot of it was on the solo tackles for him, just making that money and cornerbacks do not throw up 86 solo tackles on a normal basis. So this is... Great catch, homie. You already know, 172 points, 68% of his total points came from those solo tackles. Passes defended, that was his second biggest stat. 14 passes defended, 42.17% of his total points came from that. Had a handful of interceptions, four interceptions for 24 points, 9% of his total points. When we did our IDP awards, Malcolm Butler was the person who I nominated for cornerback of the year. He didn't win because he didn't have a bunch of interceptions. That's what made the difference. But when we are talking about fantasy football and about making points, there was no better cornerback to own than Malcolm Butler. So if you play in leagues where you are rostering cornerbacks, you know, specifically, not just defensive backs where it could be corners or safeties, Malcolm Butler needs to be at the top of that list.
Week 17 was a down week for him with five solo and one assisted, only 11 points, 4%. He was always on the field, 97% of snaps, balling, super consistent, 12 of 15 games with double digits, and three out of 15 games, he hit the 20-plus mark. Two of those games, week five versus Buffalo, 34 points, huge game. Week two versus Jacksonville, 25 points, another huge, huge game. Now we're getting back into the safeties, Malcolm Jenkins. Pretty much the stud for the Saints defensive backs. I mean, there was a couple of guys who ended up missing time. You know, like Marshawn Lattimore, you know, missed some games. And Jenkins was always someone who was holding it down. Pretty much never came off the field. 99% of snaps throughout the entire season. Number five scoring DB, 249 points, 15 and a half points per game. And oh shit, 69 total tackles. 69, dudes! 138 points. 54% making that money, making that money on the solo tackles, 10 passes defended, 30 points, 12%. And then you had a bunch of assisted tackles, 22 assisted tackles, 22 points, 9%. Had three interceptions and also had two and a half sacks. So making some money there in the backfield and <laughs> through the air. He's doing it all. Seven tackles for losses, six QB hits. So in front of the line, behind the line, Malcolm Jenkins was all over the place and the type of safety that you want to own because he's not just in coverage. He's coming in. He's rushing the quarterback. He's making plays happen, impact plays. We love it. Now, week 17, he's a little bit different. He had 17 points in week 17, so that is higher than his normal points per game average. So that game actually increased his stats a little bit, and you get no credit you know, for week 17. So do with these stats what you will, but I just like to point it out. He had four solos, one interception, and one pass deflection, 17 points in week 17. You got no credit for those consistent double digit scoring in 12 of 15 had those high impact games five of 15 games he had the 20 plus mark you love that how about during the fantasy playoffs when you just rode him into the sunset 15 points plus in weeks 14 15 and 16 talk about money week eight his, one of his big games versus chicago 28 points killing it week 15 versus denver 25 points he was having a lot of high impact games that definitely boosted you and Man, his big games came in the playoffs. Like, what more can you ask for from an IDP stud? The number six scoring DB. Let's talk about it. Jamal Adams, because I think that he deserves to be right up there with Buda Baker. They're literally 1A and 1B. You can choose who you want because they both play a little bit different. If Jamal Adams played 16 games, he would have been the number one scoring DB. Let's look at his points. 247 points, but because he only played 12 games, that accounted for 20 and a half points per game. There was no other DB on this list who, who cracked 20 points per game, but he missed four games in, uh, during your season. So that really hurts. 59 solo tackles. So a lot lower than all the other guys on this list. That's 118 points. 48% of his total points came from that. But let's talk about those sacks though. Nine and a half sacks from a safety. Nine and a half sacks. Let me say that again. <sighs> I'm as shocked as you are. 57 points, 23% of his total points came from the sacks. He's doing it everywhere, but a lot of it is happening behind the line of scrimmage. He did have 24 assisted tackles for 24 points as 10%, but 11 tackles for losses and 14 QB hits. 
Combine that with his nine and a half sacks. This dude spent more time behind the line of scrimmage rushing than he did, you know, in coverage or anything. Like, not really, but these stats just show that he is making big impact plays and they are making him rush the quarterback a lot. And he is succeeding. Week 17, not too much there. Three solo, one tackle for loss, eight points. So 3%. That was well lower, you know, than his 20 and a half points per game average. He only played 68% of snaps because he missed four games. So that's why the stats are going to be a little bit skewed when you only play, you know, 12 games in the regular season, only 11 games actually in the fantasy season. It's going to hurt your stats just is what it is. Double digit scoring in nine of 11 games money. This is the best percentage for high impact games. Seven out of 11, he hit 20 plus points money. That is the highest ratio out of anybody on this list. Probably the highest ratio out of anybody who's in IDP playoffs, 17 plus points in weeks 14 through 16. So killing it for your squad and just carrying you week 10 versus the Rams, 33 points. And then week one versus Atlanta, 32 points. He was balling from start to finish of the season, minus those four games that he missed due to injury. Hopefully we can get him on for a full 16 because I want to see what he can actually do with a full 16 games. He might be setting some records. Next on the list here, Jeremy Chin, the man that I thought should have been rookie of the year, killed it. Someone who came on the scene, played every single game like that is what you want from a rookie someone who stepped in game one and started producing obviously it took him some games you know to get into his rhythm but we're talking about him having one of the biggest idp games you know out of anybody the one game where he had two forced fumbles two fumble recoveries and two and two defensive touchdowns and it literally happened within five minutes Whew. He probably had the best five-minute span of any player in the NFL that is offense or defense. No lie. Big, big, high-impact player. 245 points, 16 points per game, tied for seventh, 68 solos, 136 points, that's 56%. He made a lot of money on his tackles, 49 assisted tackles, 49 points, that's 20%. He was doing it all. He mixed in a sack. He mixed in an interception. He had those two forced fumbles, those two fumble recoveries, had those two big touchdowns. Like I said, let's mention it again because there's not a lot of people who score one defensive touchdown in a season, let alone two defensive touchdowns in, in a season, but he did it in one game and he did it on like back-to-back -back defensive series like let's give this man his due like those two plays should have won him defensive player of the year let's just be real and then week 17 not doing too much he only had nine points so a lot lower than his average points per game so week 17 dropped him a little bit if they score lower in week 17 than their season average to me that's a good thing because that means that during the fantasy season is when you got you know the prime production week 17 I just hate seeing when someone in week 17 just balls the fuck out and you get no credit for it. You know, whether you won or lost, that that might have that might bring a little sour taste in your mouth. It is what it is. 91% of snaps, 11 out of 14 games, double digits, because he did miss one game. Five out of 14 games, 20 plus points, killing it. And then week 12, fantasy playoffs, 12 plus points in weeks 14 through 16. So just finished off the season strong. Week 12, that was the big week with the two touchdowns and all of those stats versus Minnesota or at Minnesota. 42 points, big, big time game. One of the biggest IDP games of that anybody had. 
through the entire season. So money, money. Week 14 at Denver, 27 points. Then in addition to those, he's got three more 20 plus point games. So you got to love it. Jeremy Chin, he needs to be drafted, especially if you're in a dynasty league. He should be like drafted top three, top four, nothing less. If he makes it outside of your top four, draft him because he is well worth it. Now tied for seventh in DB scoring is Marlon Humphrey, another cornerback cracking the list. And you want to know why? Solo tackles, 70 solo tackles, 140 points. That's 57% of his total points. 11 passes defended, 33 points, 13%. Let's talk about the forced fumbles though. He led the NFL with forced fumbles. We're talking about a cornerback leading the NFL with eight forced fumbles. Wild. <laughs> so it's not just the solos. It's not interceptions. Like there is a lot of other stats that will make someone an IDP stud. And it's not just interceptions. Week 17, pretty much did nothing. One solo, two points, not even 1% of his points. So you gotta like that as far as like him being money throughout the first 16 weeks. Played 91% of snaps. He did miss one game. He's pretty much always on the field when he was playing. Double digit scoring in 12 of 14 games. Model of consistency, seven out of 14 games. He hit 20 plus points. So he is tied with Jamal Adams for the most high impact games, you know, of anybody on this list. But Jamal Adams did it in 11 games. Marlon Humphrey did it in 14 games. So that's when I said earlier, Jamal Adams had the best ratio, you know, of games where he hit 20 plus points. Playoffs, gotta love it. 13 plus points in each of the fantasy playoff games, weeks 14, 15, and 16. And his two big games on the season, week six versus Philly, 28 points. And then week 12 versus Pittsburgh, 25 points. I like to put in the, the two highest impact games that each player had. So you can kind of notice some consistency. If you see the same teams like on here for these high, high impact games, that's just something to keep in the old memory bank. I know things change from year to year, but we're looking for trends. We're looking for consistency. So let's remember that. Justin Simmons, the number nine scoring DB, someone who has been a stud for a lot of years, someone who might be going a little bit later in dynasty leagues because he's pushing 30, you know, he's getting there. He might not even be with Denver. That's something that makes another difference. Maybe he switches teams. Shit, if he switches teams and that makes him upgrade, I'm all for it. He's been doing great on Denver because their defense is kind of just so-so, you know, they only have a couple playmakers there. I'd like to see him stay, but I'm excited to see if he leaves and if he actually goes somewhere where he could be like Jamal Adams going from the Jets to the Seahawks to where Jamal Adams was already a stud, you know, on the Jets. He comes to the Seahawks and now he's like literally one of the best players at his position in the league. Like that's what I want to see for something like Justin Simmons. 239 points, nearly 15 points per game, 77 solo tackles. That's where he's making his money, 64% of his total points. Five interceptions, big time, 30 points off of that, 13% of his total points. And a bunch of passes defended, nine passes defended, 27 points, 11% of his total points came from the passes defended. Week 17 was a week that kind of inflated his season stats because he had 17 points, that was 7% of his total points there. So that's higher than his nearly 15 points per game. He is always on the field. So that is one thing that you can lock Justin Simmons in for, never coming off the field. Double digit scoring in 12 of 15 weeks. So talk about consistency. Didn't have as much high impact games as the other guys. Only three out of 15 games did he hit the 20 plus points. But when he went over 20 plus points, he was killing it. Week two versus Pittsburgh, 29 points. And then week 11 versus Miami, 25 points. Had one other game where he went over 20 points. He is going to be a stud. He deserves to be drafted in the top 12 at the DB position 
every single year. He is not slowing down right now. I don't see him slowing down for at least a few years. The number 10 scoring DB, we're getting back to a cornerback. This is how the NFL is changing. There is so much passing that even Kenny Moore, who some people might consider, you know, a shutdown corner, People are throwing at him. You have to throw at him because of how crazy the Indianapolis front seven is. You literally cannot run on them, so you got to throw. Who is the beneficiary? The best cornerback on their team. 237 points, nearly 15 points per game. 68 solo tackles accounted for 57% of his points. 13 passes defended, 39 points. That was 16%. He's killing it as far as points go, but amongst cornerbacks, everyone said Xavier Howard was the best cornerback. He killed it week 17. So that is something that inflated his stats for sure. And points, 22 points. That was 9% of his total points. Had five solos, three assisted, one tackle for loss, a QB hit, and a pass defended. So week 17 kind of inflated his stats a little bit and he got no credit. He was on the field all the time. 92% of snaps, 10 out of 15 games. He's clocking double digits and six out of 15 games. He's clocking 20 plus points. You got to love it. 13 plus points in the fantasy playoffs weeks, 14, 15, and 16. You got to love that. And it's two huge games. Week 13 versus Houston, 29 points. And then week eight versus Detroit, 25 points. Big impact games. And he's got four more of those. The number 11 scoring DB, Adrian Phillips. Someone who came out of nowhere because he left the Chargers went over to New England. No one knew if he was going to start or whatever. And then we had all those opt-outs. He didn't even play a full game week one. And week one was when he balled the fuck out. And that's what put him on the map as far as me and made it into my week two IDP waiver wire video. So he was very consistent the entire season. And just the blow up game in week one. I mean, that was his biggest game of the season. But you need to pay attention to shit like that. Someone has a blow-up game in week one. They need to be on your radar, potentially even picked up because if they have a balling game in week two, you might not get a chance to pick them up. 224 points, 14 points per game, 76 solo tackles, 152.68%. That's where he made all of his money. Great cash, homie. 33 assisted tackles, 33 points, 15%. That was where he got the rest of his money from. Had a bunch of tackle for losses, seven tackle for losses, four passes defended, had two big interceptions. Uh, week 17, he did nothing, just one solo. So he got all of his money between weeks one and 16. Now let's talk about his snaps though, because he was utilized a little bit different than everybody else. He only played 73% of defensive snaps, but then he played 37% of the special team snaps. That's because New England's defense was so decimated because of all the people that held out. You literally had to have your starting safety for most games playing on special teams. You know, that's crazy. Double digit scoring in 11 of 15 games, four out of 15 games. He hit the 20 plus mark. So you gotta love that. Week one versus Miami, 28 points. That's what put him on the map. That's what put him in my waiver wire video for IDP week two. His next two biggest impact games came in your fantasy playoffs or one week before your fantasy playoff started. Week 13 versus the Chargers. Week 15 versus Miami. Another huge game versus Miami. He had 22 points. You gotta love that. He was consistent all year. Jabril Pepper, someone who I was a little bit higher on last season than his numbers ended up panning out to be. Number 12 scoring DB. So he's still a DB1. 224 points, 15 points per game, 57 solo tackles, 114 points off of that, 51%, 34 assisted tackles, 34 points, 15%, 10 passes defended for 30 points, 13%, eight tackle for losses and two and a half sacks, also mixed in an interception and a couple QB hits. Someone who is behind the line of scrimmage, in coverage, like they're using him all over the place. 
but you gotta love how they're using him as, as a box safety getting him up there on the line and having him rush the passer gotta love it week 17 for him very average 15 points so literally aligning with his season average four solo four assisted one pass defended that was seven percent of his total points that you got no credit for now jabril did miss a game he played 82 percent of total snaps nine out of 14 games he was hitting double digits very consistent it was in the beginning of the season i want to say might have been all the way through september where he really didn't do shit. but after that he came on and he made up for that first month so Hopefully, people in redraft leagues, hopefully you didn't draft him and then drop him before October when he really started killing it and kind of went on a two-month tear. His two big games on the season, both 28 points, week nine versus Washington, and then week 14 versus Arizona. We are talking about some huge games. Alrighty, guys, we made it. Go ahead and treat yourself. Roll up, fatty, for this day. My final thoughts, DBs. You can go after the big name guys and you want to, but you just want to remember once you get past those top couple guys, Jamal Adams, Buda Baker, like things like that, you could probably just wait a little bit and you're going to be able to swoop on a lot of guys here that people just don't know their names. Nobody knows who Jesse Bates is. <laughs> Nobody knows that Malcolm Butler is, was a top 10 DB. It's just one of those things to where you can swoop on a lot of money if you just know what you are doing. And luckily, you got the hustler here to help you. One thing I am working on right now is a big, is a huge IDP database because it seems like right now that there's literally no database that anyone can kind of just access to go and see all this kind of information. I know you can see it on Yahoo and on Sleeper and stuff, but it's not gonna break it down the way that I'm breaking it down. So another reason why you want to get signed up on fantasyfootballhustler.com is literally the best time because I'm putting out resources that are going to help you dominate IDP. I'm going to be coming out with a bunch of offensive resources, but those are easy to find. I'm trying to build up my IDP sector of things right now because offense, it's going to be easy and everybody already knows about offense. You can get that everywhere, but come fuck with your boy. I'm going to be bringing some IDP status and we're going to help you dominate the game. So let's get one more bowl smoking for you guys. Come smoke a bowl with your boy. Let's get it. We made it through. We got the top 12 linebackers. We got the top 12 D linemen. And now finished up with the top 12 DBs. I'm going to be circling back around now. Now we're going to be going to the LB2s, 13 through 24. Same with D-line and same with DB. Be on the lookout for that. I got a bunch of live streams that are going on. So make sure if you're not subscribed on YouTube, just hit it up, guys. Make sure you subscribe. Make sure you like. Peace out. Defense on me. I don't want them to gain another yard. You blitz all night. If they cross the line of scrimmage, I'm going to take every last one of you out. You make sure. They remember forever the night they played the Titans. Here comes the, here comes the.